Good morning, everybody. I am sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs, and welcome to our show at Sports Radio 810 WHB here in Kansas City. Our shows are podcasted everywhere. You can check them out on my website, winnersunlimited.com. Our shows are rebroadcast throughout the country in a number of cities, and I look forward to doing the show every week because we get into the topic of your mind and sports. Sportsmanship, confidence, how to deal with pressure, how do you develop a positive attitude? How do you get mentally prepared to play? How do you handle getting along with teammates? What happens when you don't get to play? How do you talk to your coach? We get into all these topics on this show each and every week. I've been in practice for 41 years as a sports psychologist here in the Kansas City area. I've worked with athletes all over the country at all levels, the Olympics, professional, collegiate, high school, down to youth sports. And as you know, I'm also co-author of a book with uh, Kansas City Royals Hall of Famer Jeff Montgomery and USA Swimming Hall of Fame coach Pete Malone called Just Let Him Play, guiding parents, coaches, and athletes through youth sports. And through my career, throughout my career, I've had the privilege to meet a lot of great people, athletes, coaches, sports fans, all kinds of people. And there are several people that stick in my mind who I've gotten to know over the years who have left a positive impact on me because of their commitment, their dedication, their attitude, the way they play, the way they coach, the way they deal with people. And we're going to have one of those people on here in a minute with us. His name is Eddie Rodriguez. I got to meet Eddie about oh, 11 years ago when I was the sports psychologist at Kansas City Royals. Eddie was one of the coaches with the team, and we've developed a good friendship. He's one of the best people I've ever met in sports. He is one of the most committed, hardworking, focused people. He is a good person first and foremost, and he's a great coach. And he's uh, taken his time out this morning to join us from down in Florida where he's got a couple days off from his job as the Kansas City Royals minor league coordinator. Eddie, good morning, my friend. How are you? Good morning, Dr. Jacobs. How are you? I'm great. It's great. I'm really excited to talk with you this morning. As you know, you and I have known each other, gosh, now how long? Tw about 12 years, something like that, 10, 12 years. And uh, That's right. we met when you uh, started coaching with the Royals Major League team. And I think I could see it's, it's fair to say we developed a good friendship. Um, I admire your work ethic, sir, because you, you know, you're, I've, I've been around a lot of coaches, I've been around a lot of people. But you're somebody who's always there early, you're always there late, you, you always do everything extra to help out the guys you're coaching. Where'd you learn all that? Well, I think uh, it goes back to when I, you know, back to my days with uh, my dad and uh, the dedication he showed me and, and helping me out and uh, and doing things and always going, like you said, the extra mile to make sure I had a pair of spikes, I had a glove uh, that was presentable to be able to play uh, a game I loved and I still love and loved all my life. And, uh, you know, just uh, kind of my rearing from my younger days and, uh and then, obviously, watching uh, a lot of other people I met throughout the game and uh, mentorship that I've had and uh, advice, um, suggestions that have really helped me out, ideas, and, uh, and just creating a, a disciplined manner in, in how to go about uh, giving your best, giving the best you have to the people you're coaching, and making sure that every day that you put on the uniform is productive, that you were able to make an impact on someone or a group, 
and that's always been important to me and whether it's in a small way or a way that helps a player uh, become a superstar or be able to perform better on a daily basis and, and, and create that consistency. You know, you've been around a long time in the game of baseball and we've seen lots of changes in it. Um, what do you think it takes to be successful at this level now, today? The, the money is a big piece of the puzzle, obviously, now. It makes a huge impact on things. You were on the Arizona Diamondbacks when they won the World Series at coaching first base. Very famous you know, video of you jumping up and down uh, when the team won. What does it take to, to get to that top level now? I think there's 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 different variables. Uh, you stated one, the money. I think that um, we still have to continue to play the game because we love the game. I think everything else that comes throughout that period of playing the game and loving the game, um, going out there and performing to your best abilities on a given night and a given day. I think that you still have to play for the love of the game, the game you played as a little boy, the game uh, you enjoyed so much uh, putting on the uniform to go out in Little League and uh, Youth League and uh, high school and college. Uh, you showed a love for that game. You displayed every day you went out there that you really loved, enjoyed the game, had fun playing the game. And I think uh, all the other variables, which, as you stated, won the money, I think those are all bonuses that are added, you know, as you play the game because you love the game and you're successful because of the love, again, that you, that you have for the game, that you have uh, every day you put on that uniform. You go out, enjoy your, your teammates, uh, your coaches, enjoy playing in front of uh, your family and, and so forth. Those are really important things, but I think we lose the perspective of, uh, why we really play the game, uh, and, and it only should be for one reason, is because uh, we love the game. Uh, really, you know, as as you're as as a, as a young man, a young boy playing, you know, maybe the rewards are a trophy. You know, you have these accolades and things like that that are given, but you cannot forget the fact that you play you play the game because you love the game. You really enjoy it. You have fun every day. Uh, whether things go well or not, you really give it your best because you love the game. I'm talking with Kansas City Royals minor league infield coordinator Eddie Rodriguez, a great man I've known for a long time. Eddie, let me ask this question. You, you, you hit on the word fun. You mentioned that word. I want to get into youth sports with you a little bit and start talking about that and what it takes to be successful at a youth sports level. But shouldn't it be about having fun and learning fundamentals and the winning and losing will take care of itself? Because we're seeing today organized leagues. You know, when you and I grew up, and I'm a little bit older than you, but when we grew up, you didn't have leagues for four, five, six, and seven-year-olds. You know, maybe you might have some, some games going on, but there weren't all these organized leagues going on. Of course, you know, one of the reasons I talk about all the time on this show, but you sports has has grown tremendously there's a lot of money involved i mean it's a multi-billion dollar business now but when should kids start playing sports from your perspective and when should it matter what the score is well you know the, that that's there's a, there's a 
very fine line, and I think it has a lot to do with uh, with personalities, um, uh, why you're playing the game, why you're playing the, the sport that you chose to play at that time. And, um, you know, uh, the money part is, is, a, it is a main factor this day and age, uh, right, wrong, or indifferent. It is part of, but it's, uh, I think that you, you should play a sport, uh, try different sports, uh, get involved in the sport, understand the sport, and try to be the best that you can be fundamentally. And along the way, obviously, having fun and enjoying it, you know, you committed to uh, say, I'm going to go out for football, I'm going to go out for baseball, uh, tennis, golf, whatever it is uh, that you decide to, uh, to participate in. I think it's just important that you understand that you chose it to have fun, to give it your best, and enjoy your time and, and still be involved in athletics. Well, as we talk throughout the, the hour here, I want to get into a lot of different topics. And one is, when we go into our next next segment, I'm going to talk a lot about confidence. You and I have talked many times about this word, what it means, how it affects young athletes, and how quickly it can be gone. Baseball, of all sports, is a game of failure. You know, you and I both know George Brett. He's in the Hall of Fame. He batted to over 300. That means he failed seven times out of ten. But how you define failure is one thing. How you look at it is a different. I mean, maybe his batting average was, I think, 330, which means he got to hit one of every three times, but maybe one to two of those other times he may have hit the ball hard, may have been an out. So dealing with that pressure and that that expectation to succeed, it's one of the big issues in baseball, isn't it? Well, absolutely, absolutely. And the, and the biggest part is how you handle it. Um, you could look at failure in, in, in many ways. I've always decided to think about, hey, if I didn't succeed in this, it's only given me an opportunity to succeed in the next opportunity that arises. And, uh, you know, you start, you start uh, micromanaging the, the effects of whatever failures may have happened or, you know, whatever mistake may have been made in a game. And you look at it, and if you want to, you know, dwell on it or, or spend a lot of time looking at the failure itself, you know, kind of detracts from the opportunity, from one, learning from that uh, failure, and two, seeking that next opportunity where you can be successful in. And, uh, you know, as you stated, uh, the game of baseball is a game of failure. And I've always believed is how you handle uh, that failure um, what is there to be learned about it? Um, how can I uh, uh, correct it and be better for it next time uh, that particular situation may arise? Uh, you know, in regards to teaching, there's, there's many ways to, to be able to uh, kind of dissect that or break it down to where if you're a coach, you're, you're given a player uh, the information that's required to go ahead and move to the next uh, level meaning the next opportunity and be ready and prepared for it so at least uh, maybe it may not come out the way you designed it or the way you wanted it but I think that you give yourself the best chance because you're prepared you understand that you failed at this the last uh, opportunity you had to make it better the next time it arises in our book just let them play guiding parents coaches and athletes through your sports their third chapter is entitled Embracing Failure Can Lead to Fun. 
and I'm a big proponent of teaching kids at young ages that failure is okay because it's going to happen. Not that you have to like it, but you've got to embrace it and learn from it because you're going to fail. And if you're not taught how to fail, how to handle it at a young age, it's going to be pretty hard to deal when you get to the top level, is it not? Well, absolutely. I think, you know, uh, we get to we get to a point as coaches, as managers, as instructors, that it's very easily to define and, and see a mistake. I think the important part is trying to find the solution and the whys, which I'm a big believer in, you know, why things happen, um, what happened, and, uh, you know, and how you're going to, again, find a solution for what happened. And I think, you know, a lot of times the approach is as important as the instruction or the correction or how you decide to correct, uh, you know, something that didn't happen uh, the way you planned, the way you wanted it. And I think that is as important as anything. It's, it's, it's not just finding the solution. It's how you approach it, um, you know, the language, meaning how you break it down, how you explain it, and uh, where a player is able to understand what you're talking about. I'm talking to Kansas City Royals minor league infield coordinator Eddie Rodriguez this morning. Having a great show. We're going to talk about confidence. We're going to talk about success and failure and how you deal with it as we move on on the show. I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. We're on the Leader in Sports, Sports Radio 810 WHB. Hello again, everyone. I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. And this is the Sports Psychology Hour from our flagship station, Sports Radio 810 WHB in Kansas City. My guest today is Eddie Rodriguez. He's the Kansas City Royals minor league infield coordinator. And Eddie, let me ask this question. When, when we... Your work, do you give people an idea of what you do, okay? Because, you know, coaches, people see you out there talking to people, but it's a lot more than that, obviously. So tell people about your job and describe what it is you do all the time. Well, uh, I've been a, you know, I've been in baseball. This is my uh, 47th year, and uh, most of those years have either been a major league coach or have been spent in the minor leagues uh, in the development side of, of players particularly on the infield. What I try to do is uh, I go into the cities uh, where we have affiliates and uh, I get an overview from the coaches, from the manager of what's been going on, how the team has been playing. And again, back to when I say the team in my areas, particularly the infielders, um, what's been going on and get the pulse of, uh, you know, how the infielders have been playing and how they're going about their work what kind of work are they getting on a daily basis, um, whether it's fundamentals, whether it's uh, individual skill work. And I try to continue and enhance that uh, when I'm in a town to try to hit areas where, you know, we, we get the player to not only just perform, but to understand a mechanic of a certain drill, uh, the function of a certain uh, exercise, and, and to basically – be able to get to a point where they're fundamentally sound at whatever level they're at age-wise and experience-wise to be able to go out and play every day at, at that level. And, uh, you know, I really enjoy it because uh, I'm able to be around a lot of players, particularly, again, infielders, and, um, you know, the feedback and the conversations and the relationships that are made as important as the work so uh, I really enjoy what I do I love what I do uh, I love seeing you know kids uh, get better 
and be able to, to reach their goals, which is obviously at one point at some time playing in the major leagues. You know, I, I always say a good coach is a good psychologist, a bad coach needs a sports psychologist. And, you know, I've watched you, obviously, for several years coaching with the Royals. And one of the things that, you know, you and I talk with athletes about all the time, is, as I said earlier, is confidence. And it, it, confidence is one of those things that's so hard to keep it and it's so easy to lose it, in my opinion, sometimes. We're, especially with young kids starting out, how do you help them build their confidence? What should coaches do, from your perspective, to teach kids about building their confidence up? Because we all know we're going to fail, we're going to screw up, we're going to make mistakes. And how, what would you say about learning to deal with that and handle that, as well as dealing with success all the time? What would you say? Well, I think, uh, I think the, the, the main ingredient is to, is to be able to stay positive um, in, in a manner where, yes, you are talking about maybe something that happened that wasn't productive, but again, finding some positive light to talk about. Uh, I think one area that's important is, and, and in, in a way that I've kind of myself adopted, is, is giving, giving the player uh, a voice, uh, allowing feedback, um, I think it's the easiest way to be able to break down a situation and, uh, and communicate with a player. Um, confidence, as you said, comes and goes. I think it's all relative to the success or lack of that you're having. Um, you need to understand that, you know, with confidence, yes, if you have confidence, usually it's because you're being successful. There's going to be periods of time where that success is not going to be there. And that doesn't mean that you're not, as you said, hitting the ball hard or making contact or making all the plays. Sometimes plays, sometimes at bats create a degree of difficulty where it doesn't allow you to have success. The bottom line is you need to understand, or and it's not an easy thing to do, is understand that as long as you're going up there with a plan, you're executing the plan, you have a better chance to be successful. But the main ingredient for me is always trying to stay positive and, uh, uh, you know, continue to preach to players that things will get better or um, uh, and if that will get better, you'll make a play the next time that helps us uh, win a game or that helps us get out of an inning or helps the pitcher. And, again, it's about teammanship and um, – getting more involved in, 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 in the team aspect of things and not just looking through a fine glass and, and uh, looking for things that, you know, didn't go well versus, hey, there's light at the end of the tunnel. I'm in this situation right now, and I will get out of it. You know, I, I've talked to a lot of uh, major league players in, you know, April and May, they're not where they want to be as far as, you know, their, their offense or, or their defense. And one, one thing that always has stuck with me is the players, you know, have always come back and told me, hey, I know I'm off to a slow start, but, you know, as, as my history indicates, my numbers will be there at the end. And uh, having known that, I think it creates a degree of confidence during that spell or that time that things aren't going necessarily well that you know – what you've done in the past, the kind of player you are, and that things will get better, and that by the end of a season, that your numbers are where you'll be or exactly where you want to be. But you have to stay positive throughout the process. It's a hard game. 
talking about baseball, obviously, it is a very difficult game. Um, it's not a, you know, where you are going to have uh, success on a daily basis. You have to understand that the opponent is also trying to have success. You're trying to do your best to, to uh, do what you can so you can have success. So, but that's not a given. You know, so, so, let me, are, so, let me, so let me ask you, when someone's in a slump, as a coach, what do you say to them? How do you help them get out of it? Because well, so much, it, so much of that's fundamentals, and so much of that's attitude. It's a little bit of both. Absolutely. You know, there could be a mechanical flaw, and you address that. Obviously, if you're if you're seeing something mechanically that you know doesn't coincide with what the player has done in the past when he's having success, and if it isn't, it's you just got to continue to to preach and and talk through positivity, and you know bring out uh, things that have gone well. Look, you hit that ball hard. Well, you hit that ball on the nose, you know. Hey, you know, they made a good play on you. And, uh, you know, just get them the next at bat. Uh, hey, make the next play. You know, you did make a good throw. The runner, you know, had some speed. He beat that play out. But you executed it the way it was supposed to, you know, have been executed. And, uh, again, in that positive light, I think a lot of good things can come out of it. And, um, you know, the mind is, is very strong. Uh, sometimes, you know, we feed it things we, we don't necessarily want to because of, you know, what has just happened. But I think that when you try to look forward and uh, kind of be a forward thinker and, and, uh, and wait for the next opportunity, your chances of having success will be greater. Slumps happen all the time. And, uh, you know, I, I, I know for many people that I've worked with, it's about I, I always talk about quality at bats quality play and you know instead of looking at the results the numbers I try to emphasize was that you know did you hit the ball hard did you play well was that a good throw what's the difference between say a quality at bat and making it out well quality at bat is making contact it's probably the hardest thing to do in a sport to be be able to hit that round ball with a round bat and, uh, you know, if you go up there and you, you give yourself the best chance and you make contact, you know, starting with such a, a very minute essential as just making contact, I think we've already reached a positive point um, with movement, with velocity, uh, you know, those variables included. Uh, it is not easy to make contact and it's not always easy to have success or you know, I, 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 a mentor of mine has always told me that, you know, we're not, we're not directors, we're producers. We can't direct the ball after it's hit to where we necessarily want it to go. But you know, we we, when we come back from our next break, Eddie, I want to talk about young coaches and how to coach young athletes to teach them the positive things that will allow them to be successful. You're doing a great job. This is a great interview with Kansas City Royals minor league coordinator, Eddie Rodriguez. Good morning, everybody. I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. This is the Sports Psychology Hour, and I'm talking with Kansas City Royals minor league infield coordinator Eddie Rodriguez. We're having a great interview this morning. And Eddie, let me ask you this question: To make it, you know, all these young kids are out there playing sports. It could be basketball, it could be soccer, volleyball, baseball, football, whatever it might be. And most young kids have, at some point. Not all of them, but most of them have this dream. Gosh, I'd like I'd love to play in the big leagues or the NFL or the NBA or whatever it might be. What do you think it takes to get to that level? Obviously, there's the physical skill necessary, 
But psychologically, what does it take? And where do parents play a role in that positively or negatively? Well, you know, uh, we all have dreams. Uh, we have goals, and uh, we set goals for ourselves. I think, uh, you know, the, the, the biggest, uh, I think the biggest ingredient to that is it's focusing on the now. Yes, you can have a long-term goal, but I think it works in increments, one day at a time, one play at a time, one game at a time. And, uh, you know, a lot of times we lose focus on that given play, that given day, that given game, because we're looking so far long-term. And uh, we just we need to stay in the moment. We need to stay, you know, on that play, on that pitch, um, in that game and handle those things on a daily basis and necessarily just having our eye, you know, on the long-term goal. I think, uh, you know, I was told once, uh, and every journey starts with the first step, and I think that first step is as important to, to anything, you know, and being focused in that moment at that time and uh, not look too far ahead. You know, there's a lot of variables, a lot of different things that can happen looking too far ahead. So I think the, the best thing is to try to stay in the moment at that time, enjoy that moment. Uh, you know, uh, I also heard that, you know, enjoy what that moment is giving you and not be so indulged or involved in the pressures of the moment. Just enjoy it and go out and, and have fun, as we've been talking about, and that moment of time and that game, you know, and, and I think things will work out. You mentioned the word pressure. Okay, you're working with minor league kids, and most of them are kids. Some are, are, are a little bit older, but they're mostly younger athletes. They all have this dream to get to the major leagues. What are the distractions you're seeing now uh, working with these young men that get in the way and possibly can impact them in a negative way? Well, you know, one area that I try to stay away from is making comparisons. You know, we're all different. We're all different human beings. Uh, we all have different personalities. I think uh, a lot of times we see players, we see a player, and kind of our first initiative is to, well, I'd like this player to look like this major league player. And we start making those comparisons. Therefore, I think in our teaching, we go ahead and stretch that out and, and go further and try to, you know, try to teach things that, that successful or major league player in this instance or you know it, it, how he's doing it as opposed to taking that own player uh, abilities and skills and work with those things as opposed to you know try to make comps out of it and hey this guy reminds me of so and so or this guy can do what this guy did and so so i personally stay away from making comparisons which i call you know trying to clone a player uh, to other player that, you know, he's had or, you know, has had a, a degree of success and uh, try to go ahead and start my teaching method in regards to the player that's had success. No, this is the player I have in front of me. He has his own skill set. I'm going to work with those and try to make those skills better. Do you see social media today with all these minor league kids as a distraction in, in, in a lot of ways? Well, it can be, uh, but I think if you're rooted, if you're well-grounded and you understand how hard it is to play the game, 
Um, yes, people are going to talk about you. People are going to give you praises. People are going to set you uh, up on different platforms. I think that you just need to stay well-grounded, understand uh, how hard it is to play the game, um, and, you know, how, you know, uh, really meticulous it is to execute, you know, every play and get to that degree of consistency, which, you know, everybody strives to, no matter what you do in life, is to try to be consistent. And, uh, yeah, it can have it – can ha- it can go both ways, uh, Andy, uh, and it all depends on your perspective and how you want to look at it. Uh, I think these, these social publications and so forth, yes, they, they, they're always, you know, looking for things to talk about, to write about, and um, you just can't get, get so much in, caught up in those things, so much involved where, it, yeah, it can be a distraction, but you need to understand – where you're at on a daily basis and uh, the most important part is to to be well grounded yes the support system that you have around you your parents your coaches your managers your instructors are very important in that regard and um, because what you're seeing you know may not necessarily agree to what's been said or what's been written and uh, you just have to kind of detach yourself from that and uh, as as I said prior, uh, get more caught up in the moment and what is going on and uh, how you're going about things than, than just what you're reading. And, you know, that could be a person, uh, you know, or a statement made where they saw you play once, twice, and things have may gone really well. And that's the, you know, the, the insight or the perspective they have on you, which necessarily may not be accurate. But it could work both ways. You know, it, it could work really, really well for, uh, you know, a lot of players and it can go the other way for some so i think you just need to understand you know the task at hand and be more concerned with uh, or more occupied with with that task than reading what's been said because a lot of it can be positive and a lot of it can, you know at times can be negative and it could you know as i said it can go both ways very easily and in a short amount of time yeah because i i tell most of the professional athletes that i work with that during their season to basically stay off social media, have somebody else monitor it for you. Because what I found is with so many of the people I've worked with, you know, when they're doing great, everybody tells them how awesome they are. They are. And when they fail, the stuff that's written about them, you can't even repeat on the air. And, you know, I say, who are these people that are making these comments? You don't know who they are. They don't know you as a person. They don't understand your, your, your struggles or your, your strengths or weaknesses. They just see results. And that's why I, I, I think they should, you know, basically stay off of that and not focus on that what's your thought on that no there's no doubt that you know <laughs> that's going to be a swing in what's been said or what's been written uh, all according to, to how things are going and, and you know i think uh, that can be easily done you know uh, when things are, are going well and, and things aren't going well i think it's just you know that fine line where you understand what you're doing and what your performance is and go accordingly to that more than what's being said, because you know that that's uh, that's very flat, uh, fast swing. You know, it, it it could really easily just go both ways. And yeah, when when things are going well, it's very easy to speak about those things. But we don't we don't like to hear. We don't want to hear when things aren't going well. So we need to understand that. You know, that's going to be a pendulum that goes, you know, both ways. And uh, when we understand that, I think we don't get caught up in those things. 
because we understand that that's what's going to be written or said, and we just get more involved or, or concentrate or focus more on what we're doing every day, and we reach that consistency level where that doesn't affect us. One of the things that I want to get into in our last segment when we come back from our, our next break is this issue. Uh, one of the things that I've noticed a lot with the, especially the professional teams that I've worked with, athletes are reluctant or scared or hesitant to talk to coaches a lot of the time or managers about playing time, about whatever it is they might do. And, and what I found is that I've had to push a lot of people to go into the manager's office. So when we come back from this next break, I want to talk to you about that. How do you know? How do how do you get players to be comfortable to talk to a coach? Sometimes they're afraid if they do, if they if they see it as a sign of weakness. They see it as a sign of complaining. They don't want to do that. So what I'd like to get into with you in this last segment is how to encourage players to talk to coaches. How to encourage players to be comfortable talking to coaches about their strengths and weaknesses and getting better. Because that's one of the things I know in my role as a sports psychologist with many many teams. I've had to push players to go talk to, to a manager about playing time, about why I'm being used a certain way, things like that. So as a, as a coach who has so much experience, you've got tremendous knowledge about this. I want to get into that with you in this last segment. I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. My guest today is Eddie Rodriguez, Kansas City Royals minor league infield coordinator. Hello again, everyone. I am sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. I'm talking with Kansas City Royals. Minor league infield coordinator Eddie Rodriguez, one of the best people I've ever known in sports. He's he's a guy who's committed, dedicated, works hard, and really, and most importantly, what I as I got to know Eddie working with the Kansas City Royals about 10, 12 years ago, he cares deeply about the people he works with. It's not he's not there for it's not just a job. It's something he puts a lot of emphasis into. And and Eddie, let me ask this question: How do you get an athlete? to come talk to you when they need to? How do you get an athlete to go talk to the manager or a coach when something's not going right? Well, I think, uh, you know, as in life, uh, it is important. Uh, obviously, that carries on into uh, in a sports. I think the way you build a relationship uh, and the most important ingredient in, for me in building a relationship is the honesty and how you communicate with uh, with a player or with players. And uh, I've always tried to make a point in, in being direct and honest and, uh, you know, talking to them about truths and, um, and where they're at. And I don't think that, you know, you stated before uh, a player is scared to go into managers. I don't, I don't think that that really is the case. I think the player has an idea, has a thought in mind for – Perceives a situation to be one that really isn't, and uh, maybe they don't. Know, maybe they sometimes. Excuse me. Maybe sometimes they don't want to hear what they're going to have to hear. That's exactly what I was going to get to, and uh, you know, they just don't necessarily want to hear the facts of the situation or the facts of where they are as a player, or you know, as far as playing time, uh, playing different positions. You know, and uh, you have to be open. And how are you open? And being honest, building a relationship, building that trust with the player. The most important aspect of all of this is I, I believe as a coach, as a manager, is you have to somehow get across to the player that you will always 
and I mean always, have his best interest at heart. No matter what the situation has come up or the situation that is, you need to have the player really believe that you have his best interest at heart, that you're going to try your best to put him in situations where he can succeed so the team can succeed, so the organization can succeed. And I think that is the most important part in building a relationship. One, honesty. And two, is that player really believing in what you're saying in you that you have his best interest at heart? We've got a couple of minutes left. I want to ask you three definitions. Get your honest opinion on these. First of all, what does the word winning mean to you? Winning is a result of preparation, hard work. That's what it is for me. Losing. Losing is part of. You know, it's. Uh, I was told once, it's not always the best team that's going to win. It's the team that wants it the most. You have to define that on a given day, how well you played, how well you're pre- prepared. And sometimes you're going to lose. It's just part of. You just have to be able to rebound, understand that losing is part of. It is not a defined way. And the last one, self-confidence. What's it mean to you, Eddie? Self-confidence is, is brought on, obviously, by success, but you need to keep it in times that which you're going to endure in a sport, that things don't go well. You still have to reach back, look back, look at what you've done, the things you've accomplished in life, in the sport, and know that you're going to get there again. All right, so wrap up here, I'd like you to share with people why you love baseball so much. I love baseball because it, I feel that it is a way that I can reach out, that I can give back uh, what baseball has given me. And just the love of wearing that uniform every day, being able to go out on, the, on a baseball field, uh, different personalities, being able to be involved in lives and making impacts, uh, you know, helping uh, players, uh, since we're talking about sports, players really – Uh, become better people when you have better people you'll have better players when you have better players you'll have a better uh, atmosphere to work in and I enjoy all those factors because they they just uh, they they create something in me that wants to always give more make people better impact lives on and off the field and just be better people better human beings Eddie this has been a a tremendous interview and what you've shared today is going to help a lot of young people, especially young coaches, understand how to work with their athletes. It's one of the reasons I want to have you on today. You, you know, we've known each other a long time. I respect you immensely, as you know. Um, the message you've shared today will, will definitely help a lot of people work with kids, work with young people, because that's what this is about. I want to thank you so much for joining us today. It's been great talking to you. You've given great insight in, into what you do and why you're so good at it. Thank you so much for being with me, my friend. Thank you, Dr. Jacobs. It's been a pleasure. I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. There are a lot of ways you can get a hold of me. My email address is drj at winnersunlimited.com. If you have questions or comments about the show or topics you'd like me to bring up, let me know. You can always follow me on Twitter at drjsportspsych. My office number is 816-561-5556. Our shows are podcasted everywhere. Go to my website, winnersunlimited.com. They're there, and there's a whole history of almost 9 to 10 years of podcasts there. Have a great week. Stay safe.